guys. Welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Another day, another interview. And I'm dead excited with today's guests. I've got Junie Moon with me. And Junie has got a, a, a magic superpower. She has learned to tame the inner critic. Now that's a superpower in my books, left, right, and center. Because that, that little, little voice is not just a little voice in me. It is a 30-man choir singing into my ear every single freaking day. And it takes hard work. So I'm, I'm so pleased and blessed that I have got Junie with me here today. Junie, hello to you. So happy to be here. And yes, I, I know that choir well. <laughs> it's, oh, it's just nuts, isn't it? It is how can we be so self-destructive? And mm. regardless which guest I talk to, regardless who I talk to in normal life, we all have that freaking voice. I mean, there must be a reason. Junie, you looked into that for, for far longer than me. Junie, why do we have such a mechanism in place in virtually yeah. everyone. Yeah, you know, I usually start what, when I do my talks. My first question I ask the audience is, who here has an inner critic? You know, and, and if somebody doesn't raise their hand, it's like, you know, chuckle, chuckle. Because if you have a heartbeat, we have an inner critic. And that's just the way it goes. And I do see there is a reason. It's, it's what I've learned. And, and let me just start by saying, I, you know, yes, I have studied it immensely because mine was huge. It raked me over the coals. It was probably a football field filled with critics yelling at me and, and trying to uh, slaughter me and all the things that my inner critic did. And it, it brought me to a place in my life where I was 200 pounds and miserable, unable to speak my truth, unable to be me, my authentic self, because I was just so scared of being seen and being comfortable with who I am. I just, it, it, that, that voice made me feel like something was really wrong with me. That voice told me something was terrible about me, that I was ugly, that I didn't have anything good to say. I mean, a million things. We all have those voices, right? And, uh, and the most common things I hear with my clients is, something's wrong with you. Who do you think you are to be this, that, or whatever? You're not good enough. You're never going to amount to anything. Why bother? I mean, we, there are, it's interesting because we all think we have our, our unique inner critic, and yet it really does boil down to this huge mm. message that something's wrong with us. And, uh, and, and your question is why? Why is it there? And so, oh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's there for a reason. And to be really honest, it's there for a good reason. It's just we do need to tame it. It's there to protect us. It, and I know that sounds crazy because, like you said, it, it, it's so painful and it and it does influence us in our life and it, it gets in our way and yet it we, we in my body of work the shadow work that I do it we call it the the risk manager it's this part that is assessing danger and when it, it perceives that something bad is going to happen it sends the the inner critic and says stop them and tell them don't do it and so why do we have it it, it, it actually is a protective mechanism it's just gone way out of control and if you go if you go back in time when men were really men with ape skins over their shoulders and big clubs in their hands. Oh, how well, sexy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now the problem, of course, with that is you live not alone, you live in tribes. 
And yep. if you are going way outside of the tribe in the sense of their values and what they do, then they might actually ostracize you. They might actually throw you out of the tribe. And 50,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, that would be certain death for you. Yep. Yep. So therefore, it makes sense. There is actually something imprinted into your genetics where you are extremely cautious. That's the reason that you get embarrassed if, let's say, you're in your shopping trolley in the supermarket and you might not even be close to it, but suddenly something falls off the shelf and you mm -hmm. think, oh my God, oh my God, as if the world stops. Yep. Well, something fell off the shelf but that is why you get that adrenaline rush that is hard imprinted into your wiring it's hardwired into your brain okay yep. you cannot get away from it but what you can do is you can actually recognize it and actually look at it for what it is and not for what our brain wants it to be or thinks it ought to be isn't it yeah, exactly. So it is old. It, you know, it's it's really old, and it's it's in it's in our DNA. It's in our genetics, uh, and it was there for a very good reason. Because if way back when we were kicked out of the tribe, we weren't we weren't going to survive. We needed to have that tribe, and so now we you know we're here <laughs> at this time of life, and yet we still have this fear of falling short not fitting in and not being loved. And that just taps right into that, that primal fear of I'm not going to be okay. I'm not going to be able to, to exist. And so whenever there, we come close to that, that feeling or that response, like you just said, you know, when, what did you call it? A trolley? What did you call that? That was so cute. Oh, yeah, shopping trolley, yeah. Uh, a oh, shopping you trolley, a cart. Yours a cart. is so much. Yes, yours is so much more elegant. You know, it's like a shopping trolley. I'm like, here's my cart. You know, my shopping cart. You know, yeah, yeah. My friend says they, she goes to the market. I'm like, you're going to the market? Who says going to the market? You're going shopping. You know. Anyway, so we are set up to make sure we don't have danger, and so that part is always assessing risk. And so let's just say you go on stage to do a performance. And all these people are going to be looking at you and you're afraid that you're going to mess up, that you're going to fall short in some way. You're going to have all this fear. And where's that fear coming from? You're going to be in the audience looking at you going, oh my God, what was she thinking? She should have practiced more. I mean, that's what's going on in our head and it gets in our way. But why is it there? It doesn't want us to fall flat. It doesn't want us to make a mistake because if we do, it hurts. And yet it's hurting us even more now as, as we are adults because we want to live fully and shine our, our beautiful light. So we need to get it in check. What do you think? Does the inner Schweinehund, that would be the, the, the German word for it, uh, you mean bastard, you, you inner bastard. Uh, that's how I would call it initially or in, instinctively. Does this, this inner bastard actually manifest itself the same way in different people? Whilst we know the messages are there, may I ask, how did it feel for you? What kind of reaction did your body go through when something like that happens? So I, I do think it shows up differently for different people. I mean, yeah. sometimes we could feel bodily sensations. And for me, 
whenever I felt like I was going to mess up in some way, my stomach would be in knots or my throat would feel really tight. Some people get sick. Some people literally get headaches or, or we find ourselves doing behaviors that are not in our best interest. Like let's just procrastinate. Let's, let's not do that thing that, that could potentially go wrong. And let's just clean the house instead of making that really important phone call. So it shows up in different ways. And I think it's it's important to realize the way that the response hits your body is through a hormone called adrenaline. And this adrenaline and some other important hormones thereafter get chucked out. And these are the hormones that you really need to defend yourself against a life-threatening thing, a bear or a disaster, etc. So it's really, really good that we have got these, these responses. The problem, of course, is these responses go into overdrive at the time when it is really nowadays a social issue far more likely than actually a bear attacking you. And because there are so many alarm bells and so many alarms going off in our life, often alarms that we create for ourselves, you're constantly in this adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline. So going quickly back, what does adrenaline do? Yes, it makes you fight. It makes you get ready to flee. So that's fight and flight response. But it's good to realize that it works on every single organ system from, from, the, from your hair down to your toenails and anything in between. So if you just imagine that you're standing in front of the bear, well, it's probably not so clever that your bladder tells you, actually, I need to pee right now. <laughs> or, actually, I need to go for a poo. Or let's have, let's have an erection, shall we? No. So these kind of things are quickly wiped out. No, bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no time sh- for that. No time for that. But what, does it really matter that there is lots of blood flowing through your skin? Well, yes, if you get injured, that's not so clever. So you get this kind of nearly stinging on your hands. And that is the blood vessels going... So that's the effect of the adrenaline that you get. Your stomach going into knots is basically the blood literally being drained out of the the, the, uh, the tummy itself and being used for the muscles, for the brain, for the heart, because that's what you need to survive. So what is happening to you is not something that you imagine. That is actually something that really, really happens, that we could, with clever imaging, that we can watch as it happens when adrenaline gets pumped into your system so and everyone feels it a bit differently you said your stomach is in the knots for me uh it is like someone punches me in the stomach literally i get a response literally as if someone goes like that and i i I find myself going forward and protecting myself uh my muscles contract and it looks weird i'm jerking uh and it is just and my kids now know what it is okay dad what were you thinking about because I had some memory coming back of something, I had some flashback. Uh, but that is that is normal, guys. So what you feel there is just your own body telling you one aspect of the adrenaline hitting you. Okay, so right. it's not in your head, you're not nuts. This is normal. Okay. Yeah. So cool. So everyone has got a different response um, to the inner critic. So we know we've established there is actually a role for the inner critic, and it comes from a long time ago. And we've established how the inner critic uh, tells you that you basically shouldn't do X or you shouldn't do Y. 
Mm -hmm. So that's all. That's the the biology the biology out of the way. Um, but now, great, we have got that system, which for many of us is an overdrive. What the hell to do with it? <laughs> so, well, that's the thing. I mean, it's it's really it gets in our way. You know, uh, when we're younger, we're trying to figure it all out: how to fit in, how not to get kicked out of the tribe, so to speak. <laughs> And then we get into our 40s and 50s and above, and we're like, well, this sucks. You know, I, I really want to manifest a new partner. I want to start a new career. And I'm just, I'm in, in a holding pattern. I'm terrified to make that step. I can't put myself out there because I'm telling myself I don't have the chops. And so now we have a different pain. And that's, that's what, we need to, what we need to do is get that part that's inside, that risk manager that's going, danger, danger, to see that there's another danger, the danger of not being fulfilled, the danger that if you really don't go for your dreams, that you're going to feel like you missed out on life, that you regret not living fully, not having a partner to, to wake up to and have a great day with, you know? So we need to let that part know that, well, we need to update it. We need to update the software. <laughs> we need to we need to bring that that biology, that DNA, whatever you want to call it, that the brain mapping, as I would say it, and we need to change the neural pathways. We need to let it see that if it keeps going the way it's been going, and you keep thinking that there's this tiger that's chasing you, not only are you going to get sick because it is stressful and your body's not going to function, you're going to be missing out in life. So you have to you have to start to work with it in a very different way. Oh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And I guess it's it's recognizing first what is actually happening mm -hmm. for a long, 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 long time. I guess I knew about the reality. I guess I knew about the facts of the fly, fight and flight response and all that. As a doctor, consciously, I was absolutely, yeah, okay, that makes all sense subconsciously on the reptilian brain level where this all happens complete different story certainly in my life the inner critic and the the uh, the flow on effects such as the imposter syndrome who are you to do that what, what do you think you 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 little who do you think you are that yeah. kind of voice is oh it was so prevalent and it still is with all my achievements, with all my, my the things I have done where I should be proud of, most of the time I'm not proud of, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just taking them for granted. And mm -hmm. I'm listening to still to that little... Uh, well, the thing is you're aware of it. That's the thing. And I do think that's the first step because we are limited with how much we know consciously. And there is this vast realm of the unconscious, the subconscious mind. Mm. So being aware that that's even there. And sometimes people don't even hear those messages. They just feel them. They just see mm. the behaviors and they don't understand. So just being aware of it really is the first step. And mm. having compassion for ourselves that it's like, okay, you know, this is old. This, this has been given to me. Thank you. And then get beyond the conscious mind because the we can understand but that's just not enough like here you are so so <laughs> many achievements to be proud of and yeah. yet you're raking yourself over the coals or telling yourself oh whatever whatever you're telling yourself and limiting what the fullness and richness that you can be bringing to the world and fighting 
fighting that voice. And trust me, I still fight that voice. But here's the thing. Now that I've worked with it and I spot it faster, I can nip it in the bud mm. so much faster. I mean, just yeah. yesterday, and I have to write a blog about this. I was going into the refrigerator to get some ice cubes for my water. And I forgot that I was going to my brother's store that I could get iced coffee. And that first thought was, you're such an idiot. That was my, I heard it. I'm like, you, you're such an idiot. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second here. I mean, I heard it instantly. I'm like, chill out. It's not the end of the world. You <laughs> forgot you're going to your brother's store yeah. and now you have a choice. But years ago, I wouldn't have heard it. I just yeah. would have felt like shit. I hope that was okay to say that word. And I uh, yeah. forgot, forgot to ask that. And, uh, and then I would have probably eaten a box of Oreo cookies and gained mm. weight because I would have felt horrible about, oops, I made a mistake. It's exactly. You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. And that is the bizarre thing. We then subconsciously respond with another emotion or with another action onto that emotion that then causes another emotion. It's like the bloody little snowball that causes an avalanche, ultimately, of bad mm. decisions. Yet, when you can actually decide that the snowball might not be so clever down that hill, but maybe more that way, well, that's cool. So, same thing. You need to recognize what is actually happening. So, next time you get angry, press the pause button for a moment, if you can. Mm -hmm. Press the pause button, and as you say, whoa, What's going on? Why am I angry? Yeah. Is it really that someone said something to me? Or is it really that that uh, someone else is responsible? Or what is actually happening there? And you might come up with answers when you ask that question that surprise you. And it it is there are there is not one single scenario that will 100% apply to you. But it is your life. It is your, your the things that are happening around you that might trigger you uh, to do something, to feel something, et cetera. And it is, but it's it, interesting bit is what do you then make out of it in your own, in your own brain? I want to add to that because that's awesome. So you get triggered, you have this experience and you slow it down and you stop. What just happened? Hmm. What's the meaning I give to what just happened? And where, this is another thing I want to add is, where have I seen this before? Ah. When have I experienced this shame, this anger, this message I just got from this person that, that just cut me off when I was driving and now I'm all angry, I'm triggered because he cut me off and it's like, when have I experienced this before? Oh, I feel someone just took advantage of me. Somebody just didn't care that they just cut me off. And you know what? That brings me back to when I was younger, when my mother didn't listen to me and she would cut me off mid-sentence, which is true. My mother used to do that when I was younger. So here I am thinking, I'm just angry at this person who just cut me off. But in, in actuality, well, I mean, and I might still be angry that this person did that. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, this is reminding me of a deeper wound. And that's where we can have more compassion for ourselves. Oh yeah, I had this experience of loss, of shame, of anger or whatever when I was younger. And I really couldn't do much about it. I really didn't have much choice, but now I do. So let me change my dynamics, my relationship with this part that thinks I have to be so upset because my mother just cut me off. No, no, my mother didn't just cut me off. That was 20, 30, 40 years ago. I have a different choice now. So update the software and go, wait a second, the tiger's not here. Let me look at what is and how do I want to be now? That's beautiful. 
That's so beautiful because ultimately, yes, there are these all underlying traumas that we don't even acknowledge. I mean, it's bad enough for a man to acknowledge his feelings, leave alone where they actually come from, leave alone what actually caused them originally. God, I mean, that's, that, come on, we are simple. We're simple beings, men. And <laughs> rest assured, girls, you're not much better in that case, at least. <laughs> we, so, we have our own version. Let's be kind. We have our own version. <laughs> but, but it's amazing because girls or boys or anything in between, everyone yeah. seems to have the same uh, responses and the same often misguided reactions yeah. to something that happens. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing. If you learn to press the pause button because you actually recognize that something is weird, that is such a powerful, powerful thing. Mm. Uh, this, I, I went through Rio about seven years ago now and I found myself literally doing that for the very first time in my life in a quite heated discussion amongst us in in a in a lesson at every 10 o'clock in the morning emotions emotions meant you were sitting in a circle and there was no sunglasses allowed no hat allowed no scarf no nothing nothing in your hands and you would just be talking about your emotions now, that was dreaded by everyone. But inevitably, after a very uncomfortable silence, suddenly someone said something. And then another person said something. And on that particular morning, there was a quite a heated exchange between two other uh, inmates going on. And I was sitting there and I felt my own emotions going. Arr! And suddenly I felt like an out-of-body experience, literally going. Zoop! And I saw myself sitting there responding with my emotions to what was happening over there uh, with the other two guys. And it was the most bizarre, bizarre emotion. Mm, wow. But it was so powerful. It was so beautiful because suddenly it was as if I watched uh, a CCTV and, and see what is happening there. And I realized, oh, hang on, I'm sitting here. It has nothing to do with me what's happening over there. Why am I getting involved, getting emotional, getting upset, responding? To something that is not really an issue. They are sorting yeah. that out. They are not. They are not attacking me. So, and it happens the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. So, if you guys can try to do that, to press literally that stop button, that pause button, before you try to well make a hole in the wall, or before you do right. whatever. Before the happens. reaction. Before exactly. the reaction. Yeah. You know, you the, the pause button and you did something that I thought was amazing, which is you you were you stepped back, you detached, you, you were able to look at it from a distance. And that is the power tool. Hmm. That is the power tool when you can actually separate yourself from what is going on and you can have that perspective. Because then we call that the magician energy in shadow work. When you can actually embrace that that energy, that archetype of Oh, let me just look at what's going on so I can have a good good uh, vision of the overall whatever is happening so that I can make a decision. Because when we're in it, when we're feeling it, we're not clear. But if we can step back, we can then go, well, isn't that interesting? Hmm. And, and what is that about? And where have I seen it before? And how do I want to move forward differently? 
And if you look at, at crisis management in various settings, so we as doctors nowadays, my generation of doctors and, and younger, we are breathing, living crisis management. So there are systems yeah. in place and they all more or less start with a stop. Oi, what the hell is going on here? Is it actually now safe to to proceed and safe mm -hmm. to to do with whatever you try to do? So there right. is that that pause button is there. Same for pilots, same for soldiers, same for name it and look at it from an occupational health and safety point of view, from a whatever kind of of, of systems approach. You will find that being implemented. So if everyone else out there in their professional lives tries to implement these kind of systems. Would it not make sense that we do the same on our personal level and actually consider a pause button uh, as a mandatory kind of thing? And it always then reminds me of, of these, 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 these uh, cartoons of Trump or whatever American president there was, where you have got the bed where he's lying in bed and you have got on the one side a big red button for nuclear uh, missiles and the next to it coffee and so and you get him some halfway <laughs> yeah that, that's a little disconcerting <laughs> yeah exactly so but in our daily life it's the mm. same thing okay yeah. so yeah. you actually have a choice you just need to stop for a moment which button do i really want to press now because yeah. you have that choice you decide how to react to whatever happens around you and I, if yeah. you can get that power, now that's a real mm -hmm. superpower. And you need to practice that. We come to that in a moment. Yeah, yeah. Because I was just going to say, it, it sounds so easy. Just pause, just step back. You that's know, right. and, then just, and then which button do you want to press? And, and yet it can be that if we build that muscle, we have to see it for what it is first. We need to go, ouch, this is not working for me. And if I continue to do this, there is a high price to pay. And it is different, our careers versus our intimate relationships. We don't want to fall short with the people that we love or want to be loved by. And you know what you said about the, the tribe, it's like, we want to make sure that we're going to be okay and that we're not going to disappoint people. So there is that separation for sure. And the closer we are with people, the more it's like, Ugh. so I mean, as, as much as I teach this and as much as I've come such a long way, my boyfriend would tell you just yesterday, there was a moment that I was just not in the best of, you know, I was vulnerable. I hadn't slept really well. And he just said the wrong thing at the wrong time in my view. And I was like, what, what are you, you know, and I had a moment, of course, instantly I went, Ooh, wow. You know, press the wrong button. And I apologize. Now, years ago, I probably would have beaten him up. I would have screamed. God knows what I would have done years ago. But there's something to be said about how to really do this. And that's where the compassion comes from, because we have years and years and years of wiring in this lifetime. And then that old brain for lifetimes that lives inside of us. And so it is a journey. So we need to have some, some gentleness around how to get to the pause. And it starts with just realizing it's even possible because it is. It is a muscle. And once we start to clean out, clear out some of the gook we've you know, accumulated through the years, having us feel like something's wrong with us and all those experiences, when we start to shift that, we can start mm. to heal. And that's that's the beautiful, beautiful journey. But as you said, this is, I mean, you said it in probably about a minute. Um, in reality, it will take most of us a lifetime to master that skill if we put our our 
energy into it. And most of us don't even do that. Most of us yeah. uh, fly on that subconscious level without ever realizing it. And that might be the reason that you see someone lashing out at you and you think, what the hell, where is this coming from? Uh, yeah. And if you have not, not got an appreciation of what is going on in you and probably in them, then the next response would be, how dare you speak to me? I deserve respect, you little shit. And, yeah. you know, then suddenly you've got in a major row whilst you could have just said, well, are you okay? Yeah. Uh, do you, do you, hey, you know what? It might sound stupid, but can I give you a hug? And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. What, a what a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. I had it. I had it recently with a, with one of my nurses, and and we know each other really, really well. And she ripped into me one morning, and with with half sarcasm, half half. It was just weird, and I knew that was so not the girl that I knew. Right. And then I I just accepted it, and everyone else was getting uncomfortable the way she talked to me, and it was. And I just let it run off my back, and. Then uh, a bit later, when we were more alone, I said, look, are you okay? And mm. she said, no. Did it show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <A> and, then, <laughs> and then I gave you gave her the biggest hug and she so uh, needed that. She needed that because yeah. so um, she couldn't take the pause, but you took the pause. That's right. You did. You were able to go, whoa, this is so not her. You were able to take a step back. And then mm. when it felt right, you were able and she was able to be less triggered. You were able to just go, Hey, what's going on? Mm. You could have easily bought the ticket to her show Absolutely. and said, you know, no. how dare you speak to me like that? Oh, and no. you know, so credit to you for no. sure that's right and i was lucky i was i guess lucky because i've i've trained that muscle and i've trained a recognition so i more often than not can do that i'm not when i'm tired hungry oh, feel yeah. lonely feel disappointed different story then i'm not superman so please those of you who know me and listen to me you don't get carte blanche um, for everything. From now on, then there might be the other guy coming out that you don't really like so much. And forgive and me for that because I'm exactly. human. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when I don't sleep well, it's like, be careful. Be really, really careful. <laughs> Something <laughs> I'm like just that. Not, I'm just, and if I have any, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that brings <laughs> us back to our humanity and our ability yeah. to, to own that we like, oop, fell short. So sorry, mm. you know, to be able to take responsibility. Mm. And to say, wait, I need to, I need to take good care of myself because when I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not where I want to be. And again, that is hardwired. Let's get that. Let's get that clear into your heads, boys and girls. If you don't have food, if you're not hydrated, if you don't sleep well, your body is in a constant state of alertness to mm. say, whoa, I'm under threat here. So there you go. You've got already the, the raised bar, the raised levels of, of this kind of low-grade adrenaline and survival going. Yep. It then doesn't take so much more for you to get triggered by something else. So be aware of that. There is a certain baseline of safety that you need to create for your body. 
It needs yep. to be hydrated. You need to have rested and you need to have some food in you. And it would be nice if someone says something nice in you or you create something nice, all the emotional, spiritual, creative kind of thing there. If you, mm -hmm. if you can tick something there, that would be good. That would be a bloody good start of a day. And yeah. then whatever life throws at you, because it will throw things, well, you can eat a duck or you can catch or you can respond. Sometimes you need to respond yeah. and sometimes you need to do things that you don't like to do. That's life. Okay. Yeah, but welcome at least, to life. Yeah. yeah. At least don't set yourself up to fail by uh, being hungover. Uh, we didn't even bring the alcohol anywhere close to this discussion. Uh, this mm -hmm. discussion is so much more than has anything to do with alcohol. But the alcohol, of course, puts you into that angry bear mode uh, yep. the next day. Plus, even even if you're not hungover, you're full of shame and guilt because you're drinking and you know it that you probably shouldn't. And your wife mm -hmm. is probably having a go at you or your partner or et cetera, et cetera. So you're already on that low grade. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, it was sugar. I would eat a uh, lot of sugar. And uh, to this day, if you know, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not where I don't eat sugar. I just have a good relationship with it now. And if I go a little bit too much and go, you know what, it's a party and I overdo it. I instantly say, be conscious tomorrow because you're going to be more vulnerable. Mm. You're not going to be on, on your game, you know, and I'll, I'll, you know, warning, warning, red flags everywhere to let everybody know. So yes, it, it, it puts us more at risk to, to um, be in that vulnerable place where we are going to be more sensitive and that unconscious realm is going to be, you know, ready to go uh, because it's, it's feeling that vulnerability. Yeah. And let's let's stay with the sugar because that's quite a cool cool example. Because what you do is at the moment you're treating an emotion uh, inevitably. Something is not right or something is too right. Doesn't matter what it is, but you you give yourself that bliss, that dopamine, that way I mm -hmm. feel good. That cheesecake is so delicious. What happens? You've got uh, short uh, molecule sugars that very quickly get into the bloodstream. They shoot up and then you get an insulin response. And that's the hormone that gets uh, pumped out by your, by your uh, pancreas to just bring the blood sugar back down. Now, this response is often a bit overshooting. So what happens is you get that high of the sugar. Yeah, you feel good. And then you're crashing down like a bloody uh, rock into the sea. Woof, mm -hmm. down you go. That's what and it you feels go, like. Mm -hmm. And you go below. You go below what's normal. When you go below in your blood sugar, that's actually a trigger for adrenaline. That's a trigger for you feeling like crap because the body tells you, hang on, your blood sugar is low. You're in danger, danger, danger. Red alarms going off. Mm -hmm. So there you go. You've got... Half an hour of, oh, not even half an hour. You've got five minutes of bliss. And then half an hour later, suddenly you feel foggy because your blood sugar is low. Plus you get the added, the, the, the bump up in your alertness level. So an interesting one. So yeah, absolutely. So look after yourself really is the key thing as a basic preparedness point of view. Try to get your level right try to actually have that breakfast or have a banana in between or something like that. So that gives you the, the slow maintenance that your body needs and where it can tap into. Um, keep yourself hydrated. 
for me, that's the biggest that's huge. thing, isn't huge. it? Huge. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. underestimate it. You so underestimate it. And for me, it's a it's a thing. I'm in theater. I'm looking after patients. You can't just run constantly to the toilet. It doesn't work like that. Um, and I don't want to catheterize myself. Sorry. I'm, oh, no, that doesn't work either. There are so, limits. That's right. I know. I'm only just dedicated to my job. Honestly. <laughs> No, the reality is, yes, you, you are a bit sparing in your water intake, mm-hmm. um, especially sort of during the longer cases. And yeah, hell, um, suddenly I realize, hang on, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I actually literally haven't drunk a single drop of water. I had mm-hmm. shitloads of coffee, but yep. that's about it. And I'm mm-hmm. surprised that I'm getting a bit prickly and I'm surprised that I'm getting a bit... Mm, mm-hmm. um, and you mm-hmm. think, oh, come on, you idiot, you should know that better. And in this particular yeah. case, I own it. I Then I let the critique out um, to actually say, you idiot, come on, you know mm-hmm. better. You know how to look after yourself. Why don't you do it? And and that's a, actually a perfect example of it working for you. It's like mm. maybe drop the idiot part, but but, this, but the part is, is kind of saying, yo, you know, like you should know better. It's like, come on, you need to take better care of yourself. You know? and, and you're so right. You're so right. We could do a complete different talk on the yeah. power of positive words and yeah. not to use don't, can't, won't, not the negative versions, but I will drink more now yeah, uh, yeah. kind of things you're so right this is so true and that is something i need to keep working at have i've got i've got a life coach and she constantly pulls me up on the That's way great. how i phrase my world uh, and she is she's right so it's it's good but that's that's a completely different story now uh, so <laughs> it is so life is good when you make it good now there will be challenges out there but you need to learn how to deal with this weird 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 system that you have got that is very powerful that runs below your conscious level and you which which can help you and save your life or can destroy your life, literally, because you let it. You let it make decisions that probably are not in your best interest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even like the, you let it, it's like, we don't, we haven't been taught how to not let it, you know, Uh, we, mm. we, you know, it's, it's like, we haven't been given the handbook on how to, to deal with this voice in our head, how to, how to be okay with making mistakes we have just accumulated all these messages from well-meaning parents in our culture and we've taken aspects of who we are and said, oh, we better not be like that. And we throw it in shadow. We, we say, oh, that's bad. It's dark. It's, you know, I don't want to be like that. And then we're like running our life, this, this sliver of a pie of full spectrum, you know, of how we can be. And, and we didn't know any better until we go, ouch, ouch, I'm not being kind to myself. Why aren't I taking better care of myself? Why do I go all throughout the day just eating donuts and sugar and feeling like crap? There's a reason we haven't been taught how to handle 
the fear of loss, the the feelings of inadequacy and shame. And we've been given such a, you know, a, a massive amount of messages telling us we better be careful. We better be careful. And the cool thing is, is that when we get to, you know, a certain age, we go, this isn't working. This is just not working. And when we can have that awareness and compassion that no one taught us how to be with this, then we can start the work and it, and we can understand it, but that's not enough. We need to get past the conscious mind and get to the unconscious realm. And that's where there's some personal growth work out there. Uh, most personal growth work, I kind of have an issue with. It's like, it starts us. Okay, let's figure it out. Let's understand why we do what we do. And they stop it. It's like, okay, now I understand my mom was highly critical and my dad was passive. Okay, that's why I am the way I am. But we're still wired that way. And so (laughs) there are some uh, personal growth modalities like shadow work, which is what I do, where we actually can get past the conscious mind and go, what did you lose access to and why? First step. And now let's take it back. Let's let's get a better relationship with your fear so it doesn't squash you. Let's have you access your anger so it's healthy anger and it's not going to demolish you or other people. And let's let's rewire the past so you can actually have a new computer that feels good now and you can have fulfillment in the second half of your life. So true. And if you're lucky, that might happen earlier. Not the second part of your life, but it's sort of, it seems to be a recurring theme, isn't it? For, it seems in your life, in my life, it is sort of, you reach sort of the halfway mark and then you think, wow, is that really it? Or some of us end up in really a bit more face down in the gutter. Mm -hmm. That's okay. That's sometimes you need that. And because it, it forces you to press the stop button. It forces you to reevaluate. So I had yep. uh, I had recently I had uh, I had a guest and I I asked my guest if you had a time machine and you could go ten years back or twenty years back and could one do one change could make one change what would you do? And there was a bit of a quiet moment and then the answer was I would do nothing because those all those mistakes all the things that I did wrong all the mistakes I made mm. they defined me who I am now, and I'm proud of who I am now, the work I've been doing on myself, and uh, the person I'm now, I'm proud of, but I would have never become that person had I not made the mistakes. Exactly. And that was a beautiful way of putting it, Mm -hmm. and it gave me a lot to think about because, yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, you know, there is a certain journey we take in these human bodies, and learning how we are in relationship to the world. And we do try to fit in, we try to do all these things and we do slip and fall. And it does give us this beautiful tapestry to work with. And yes, to your point, sometimes people wake up in their 20s or 30s. I've had a couple of amazing clients in their 20s that were just really seeing clearly, like I have this dream and I'm stopping myself and it's really painful. Now they're gonna still learn and grow and have their challenges to to fill up that, that beautiful tapestry with all their colors. And they are just, I'll, I'll say to them, you are so lucky. You are starting so early. Oh my God. I'd love to see where you are in like 10 or 20 years. That's awesome. That's why I keep saying every 18 year old should have mandatory rehab. One month, go into rehab and do exactly what I did there and yep. work on your emotions, work on what is really happening in you, get your head 
split open and people looking and saying, come on, really? Is that really how you want to do kind of things? This, oh, this would be so powerful. And this would probably be a very different world if we were learning how our emotions really, how they are created, how we respond to our environment, why we do so, and then learn a few new tricks how to yeah. deal with such things. Oh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's huge <laughs> when you think. I mean, it's like I'm just like sitting with that. It's like, oh, if we really were giving these tools at a younger age. And we're getting there. Mm. You know, we're getting there. And I I I I started a lot of my understanding and shifting and healing in a in a 12-step program, Overeaters Anonymous. It was I don't know, 16, 17 years ago, whatever it was. And I remember thinking, I wish everybody was in a 12-step program. I wish everybody had something that they can go, this isn't working. Oh, let me look at my side of the street. Oh, this is why I feel this way. See this thing, you know? And then I moved into the work that I do now. And I realized we are bumping up against all that wiring. Mm -hmm. So understanding first step. And now we need to really uh, come home to our hearts and go, wait a second, if I keep doing it this way, there's going to be a lot of pain. And when that part hears that, when that risk manager inside goes, whoa, my strategies that I've been whipping up all these years are actually going to cost her more pain now, Mm. I need to look at this and change. And that's when the dialogue changes with this inner critic risk manager part. And that's when you can go, you know what? You got to give me some space here. I'm an adult now. I've got choice now. I've got coaches and support and books and resources. I'm not that five-year-old that felt like, ouch, my mother cut me off. Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Juni, when people listen to you, they, I mean, I'm, I'm attracted to your message very much so. And many of my listeners and viewers out there will be, will be feeling the same. How can they get hold of you? What is sort of the best way of of making contact with you if they want to work more closely with you? Sure. Um, The easiest way is to just look me up, Coach Junie Moon, J-U-N-I-E. So CoachJunieMoon.com is my my website. And Coach Junie Moon is kind of all over the place at this point. I have my own own podcast. I, I tend to work with a lot of single women in midlife, but I do work with all I'm a relationship coach. I help people have better relationships in their life at all stages of their life. So yeah, I'm the love coach, Coach Junie Moon. That's that's the way to find me. That's beautiful. And uh, guys, just look down there into the description of the video and of the podcast. There is a link in there to Junie's work and you can uh, check her out more closely and maybe make contact if the messages resonate with you. And they should because there is, that is one of the most important underlying driving forces that guide our behavior. And the more you can shine a light on these forces and understand them, see how they work, and you learn how to manipulate them so that they work for you, that they no longer are destructive, but constructive for your mm. life. And then, wow. There's no stopping you guys. There's no stopping you. Honestly, I mean it. And it is such so a beautiful, true. yeah, it's a, such a beautiful, a beautiful journey. Uh, you, why would you not try to get onto this journey? And, mm. But it's, it's hard. It's hard when you're stuck in a rat race and, and you, you just don't know. And for someone like Junie and me to, to, who have come 
quite a bit further down the down the path compared with maybe you when you listen here first. Uh, just trust us. Trust us in that regard that there is hope there, that there mm. is a future there, that your past does not define that future. It is your past. It's the past. Yes, learn from it. But it is the past. It has happened. You can't do anything about it. You can mm-hmm. just learn with it, manage it, and, and live right now. And right now, make these cool decisions that hopefully bring us further in our life and, and bring us to a point of, of time when you wake up in the morning and you get this cheesy grin on your face and when you feel, love is good. And it sounds stupid, but it is. It is so true. I I couldn't have said it. I couldn't have said it better. I mean, transformation can happen. Healing can happen. It's not the end. It's the beginning if you choose it to be. And you, your future is is yours. And you do not have to be defined by your past, but you can learn from it. You you nailed it. It's just exactly hope. Hope hope is here. You have the flashlight. I have the flashlight. We've been down in the in the in the trenches, and we're still growing. We're still learning, Mm. and we know that that things can be very different. And (laughs) we, yeah, absolutely. Well, well said, (laughs) Junie. It was an absolute honor, an absolute pleasure to have you on my show. Uh, You are doing fantastic work out there, and I'm I was so honored to 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 be able to just bounce ideas around and see that actually learn a few little little bit more steps in there. A few things that you said made me think, ah, oh, that's good. I like that that take on things. And so it is uh, every single interview, I learn more. So therefore, I'm very, very grateful that you shared your precious time with me. Junie, oh, thank you pleasure. so much. You were amazing to, to dance with. This was great. <laughs> And you guys out there, look after yourself. Decide today what little decision do you want to make to get you into the path of a better life. Don't go all out, 15, 20. No, just choose one, but follow Mm -hmm. through. How about that? Okay? Look after yourself, guys. Bye. Bye.